As my mama used to say when we sat down at the dinner table, we want all of you to talk, but we only want one person to talk at a time. Now it's my turn. Okay? So please remember the food pantry. We always need stuff for the food pantry. Family service is helping us with our food uh, in the food pantry. We're grateful for that. It's a great organization. But we also need your help, so we always have needs that are there. Also this morning, your yearly tithe records are available for tax purposes. If you've been writing a check or putting in an envelope, then we keep track of that for you. So those envelopes are in the Connect booth this morning. Ali has those for you. Okay, turn back to Jeremiah chapter 9. Does it tell the page up here? 554. Page 554. 542. I'm sorry, 542. <laughs> I, I must have dyslexia today, huh? Must have had my head upside down or something when I read that. I want to talk about kindness today. Just for fun, the other day I googled kindness, and it was amazing how many different web pages there are on kindness. Uh, what's puzzling to me is that when we, not necessarily when we look around in life every day, but when you turn on the television, you know, I, I like to be informed. So I, I like to watch the news, and I'll watch a couple of different news channels because everybody's biased in one way or another. And I notice it's not very kind. Our public discourse is often extremely unkind. When we comment on politics, we are unkind. We're polarized. Uh, one of the few times that some people become unkind is because of a culture war that's happening. And we as followers of Christ shouldn't be surprised by that, but we are. The Bible talks about the fact that we are strangers and aliens. doesn't mean like we're aliens in the sense of, you know, some weird person from Mars. It means this isn't our home. Why would we expect the values of the Bible or the values of the Lord to be the values of our culture? They're not. And I, I, I notice that the, the, the farther we can become polarized, the more I realize I'm sure going to be glad when I get to go to heaven because then things will be right. They'll be set right, but they're not right now. We're polarized. Uh, Ken Sandy uh, is a good friend of mine. He started an organization called Peacemakers that many of you are probably familiar with. And he's now formed a new organization called Relational Wisdom. And I highly recommend it to you. There's a website by that, by that title, Relational Wisdom. And Ken was asked to come and speak at the state legislature, uh, I think it was the day before this legislative session started. And he talked about relational wisdom. Because you know how the bickering and, you know, the unkindness goes. And there's a rumor now that he might be asked to go and speak at a national level to legislators. And I thought, boy, wouldn't that be great? I mean, these people who are so powerful and so influential, it looks like they would remember what they learned in the sandbox. You know? 
There are just some simple things that we could do that would make not only discourse much easier, would make our world better and our world a better place. Uh, I was taught to be nice by my mom. thought about that the other day. I thought it's interesting that our family was known for being cynical, masters of put-down. It was done in humor, so they thought that made it okay, but but if I was unkind, she always said, you, you'd be kind, you'd be nice. My sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Axtell, tried to give me a lecture on kindness one day, but the problem was she had me slammed up against the wall, pounding her finger in my chest. <laughs> you be kind. <laughs> Wasn't a very good example. Uh, I, was, I was in... Uh, I, I eat in Subway a lot. This isn't a commercial. I don't, get a, I don't get paid for this. I don't get a free card or anything for this, but I eat in Subway a lot. Almost every lunch hour, I eat in Subway some, someplace. So... I went in my usual subway, and a friend of mine, Bob Ames, was there. He was in line. He was in the back of the line when I walked in, and we hadn't seen each other for a long time. So he got a big smile on his face. He's a wonderful guy. Got a big smile on his face, and we shook hands, and we, we talked a little bit. And so as we're going down the line, you know, he orders first, and I'm right behind him. And when he gets to the cashier, he says, I'll take care of his. And he pointed at me. And so, of course, you know, what, what would I say? You know, I, well, at first I said, you don't need to do that, Bob. And then, you know, no, I, I got his. I got this card. I got to get, get, get this used up, you know, like he's got to spend it. And so then I said, thank you. And we sat and ate, ate a sandwich together and talked. About two or three weeks later, I walked in. There was Bob again. And so I thought, I'm going to buy his this time. He was, he was so kind to me. So we went down through the line, and before I got to the end of the line, but just he just barely got there. He, he asked the guy who was making the, making my sandwich, he says, "What's he what's what's he got coming?" And I said, "No, no, 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 Bob." But John, the guy behind the counter, said, "Told him what I had, so he paid for it." <laughs> so I said, and then I said, "Would you call me the next time you come to have a sandwich?" <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty nice, you know. There's a lot of kindness going on in the world as well as a lot of unkindness. Now, Galatians chapter 5, you don't need to turn there. I'm just going to read it one more time. Galatians 5, beginning verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So those are opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, remember that? Live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we live by the Spirit, we're led by the Spirit, and we keep in step with the Spirit. We're all familiar with those phrases right now. So if you're keeping step with the Spirit, then part of that is that you're going to be kind to other people. And I think you can probably see some progress in your life with, with regard to that. Now, Jeremiah 9, beginning in verse 23, I want to read it again. We read it a moment ago, but I want to read it again. Let the wise man not praise his wisdom. Let not the strong man praise his strength. Let not the rich man praise his riches. But let him who praises 
prays about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises, in other words, he's not just asking us to do something, he exercises kindness, he does kindness, justice and righteousness on the earth, for in these I delight. So when we're kind, the Lord is delighted in those things. It reflects his character and reflects his nature. Now, I, I brought an illustration this morning that was kind of appropriate. I didn't know that it was going to be so cold today, but I brought my own banky today. And so, uh, Grove, I'll, just, I'll let you be my example, okay? I want you to stand right here for just a second so that I... Okay. Hold out your hand. This is sandpaper for those of you who can't see it. So... Does that feel real good? Not really. It's just a little, it's a little, it's a little, abra abrasive. little abrasive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I can do without my fingernail. <laughs> That's a pretty big fingernail file, isn't it? Now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that to you. But if I, you know, if I were to rub on there like that, it wouldn't be just abrasive; it'd be hurtful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Let me give you a choice between these three things. You can be a little little abrasive, you can be hurtful, or feel this. Oh, oh man. This afternoon I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be downstairs and I'm gonna have this over me taking a nap. It's nice, isn't it? That's kindness. Yeah. Good. It's easy to be around. It's really easy to be around. Those other things aren't easy to be around. Unkindness is not only abrasive sometimes, but it can be hurtful at times. Now, who's the nicest person you know? You don't have to say it out loud. You know, we all have a different kind of person. My kind person, his, his picture is hanging in my office. His name was Ron Mel. He was my mentor. And Ron had, had really long fingers. He was about six foot three. And he had these, these big hands. He was the quarterback on the football team. He was a state champion tennis player. Uh, he played college basketball. But he was the nicest man I think that I've ever known. He was easy to be around. In fact, when you're around him, you felt like you, felt like you were his best friend. He made everybody feel like he's my best friend. So kindness is an interesting thing to think about. I always said when I was pastoring Faith Chapel that there were three women in Faith Chapel that were the nicest women that I knew, and I didn't know which one to put first, so I just talked about all three of them. Jeanette Doles, <coughs> Becky Todd, and Sharon Gay Smith. And I, always, I said it publicly probably ten times. They're so nice, they're so kind, that when you first meet them, you think, nah, that can't be, for, that's not for real. But it is. Hang, them around, hang around them and you'll know that they're kind. So kindness is love in action. It's love in action. God is kind and he acts that way. And he calls us to be kind. So the first point I want you to notice and fill in the blank there is boast about God's kindness. Boast about God's kindness. So... Don't boast about how smart you are. Don't boast about how strong you are. Don't boast about how rich you are. But boast about or give thanks to the Lord 
because he exercises kindness and justice and righteousness. Just for fun, the other day I looked up three words. Loving kindness is used 126 times in the Bible. 126 times. Kind is used 40 times. And unfailing love is used 39 times. Those all reflect kindness. Now, do you have any stories of kindness? I bet if I called on you and you came up here and I asked you to tell your story, you'd have a story of kindness, of God's kindness. Tim, I've heard your story. And your story is a story of how kind God is, of how gracious He is. Several of you, I've heard your story. My story too. You know, my life was one way. And, and God changed my life to head a totally different direction. And it was a reflection of God's kindness toward me. I know that you've experienced that. I say to kids, you know, I, you know it's a hard world to grow up in right now. It was hard when I was a kid, but it's, it's, it's a thousand times harder now. And whenever I get a chance, you know, to my grandkids or whoever, I, I'll say, you know what? You will grow up someday. Please just don't, too much, don't do too much damage on the way. You can look around the room. You can see people who are damaged. And we spend the rest of our life getting over that, don't we? I'm still getting over some of the stuff that I did, thought about when I was a kid. It takes a lifetime. But God's kindness helps us do that, but let's, let's not help him do too much. That's what I'll say to a kid. Our acronym for hope is a reflection of God's kindness. H, we help everyone as we're able, or I can't help everyone, but can I help this one? O, opportunity. Everybody gets another chance. P, potential. Everybody's got it. That's being kind. We believe everybody's got more than they are exercising right now. Expectation for a better future. That's what God wants for everybody. That's his kindness. You remember the story of Rahab in the Old Testament? Rahab was a, was a, a prostitute. And I can't take a lot of time with this, but when, the, when the, God's people were about to enter the promised land that we know as Israel today, the first city to be conquered was Jericho. And so they sent some spies into Jericho, and they went to the house of a prostitute. Why would you do that? Well, because you're going to be welcome. Now, they didn't go there to have sex. They went there because they knew they'd be welcomed. And they, she hid them on the roof, and as they conversed with her, they realized she told stories. She says, I've heard the exploits about your God. I've heard what he's doing. And she was indicating that she wanted to put her faith in their God. So she hid them on the roof. And now listen to what she said to them. I'll read out of Joshua 2, beginning verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives. The men assured her, or the spies, if you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly. 
and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Now, those of you who remember the story remember that they finished their spying to see what the, they were going to face, and they, there was a rope that hung over the, over the wall. They went down that rope, and they instructed her, you hang a scarlet cord out your window so that when we attack, bring your family here, and we'll see the scarlet cord, and you'll be protected. Now, she was kind, so they were kind to her as well. Now, Romans chapter 1, if you haven't read it recently, is a, it's a wonderful chapter, but it's pretty clear about what sin is. And uh, you read through that, and your temptation is to go, yeah, 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 that's sin, yeah, that's sin, yeah, that's sin. But then when he starts the next chapter, Paul says this, you therefore have no excuse who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. In other words, don't point to other people's sin. Look at yourself and recognize I'm a sinner as well. My sin might be different than theirs, but I'm a sinner as well. And then he goes on to say in the fourth verse, I love this verse. It's one of my favorites. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness or the riches of God's kindness? forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Now think about that. It isn't an unhealthy fear of God that leads you to repentance. I lived this out personally in my life. I was terrified of God all my life. I've talked to you about, about that before. But it was the kindness of God. God would receive me. God would love me. God would give his son for me. It is his kindness that leads you toward repentance, toward the place where he wants you to be. So then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, this is why it says, you have heard that it was said, love your, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. In other words, be kind as he is kind, love as he loves. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So God is kind, leads us to repentance. That's why he wants us to be kind and help other people experience and know the love of God by being drawn to us. I put a quote on your outline there. The, one, the only one you should get even with is the one who helped you. I love that phrase. It's the only time you get to get even. The second point I want us to think about is show gratitude for God's kindness by being kind to others. So he's kind to me, I want to, be, I want to be kind to others. Here's that, Colossians 3 keeps jumping up. Here it is again. Therefore, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, we don't want to be sandpaper, be abrasive, abrasive. We don't want to be hurtful like defiled, but we want to be kind. We want to be easy to be around. The kindness of God leads us toward repentance. Albert Schweitzer said, Constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate kindness. Now, one of the things 
You know, my, my mom and dad always told me, you get softer as you get older, and I, I think that's really true. You, you kind of get the bark knocked off of you a little bit, and, and it teaches you some lessons. And I think I've gotten kinder as I've gotten older. Uh, I don't remember if I told you about Mel or not. Mel, Mel was a young woman at Eastside Church in Seattle, where I was the interim pastor for a few months. And I remember the first staff meeting we had, there's about... About this many people were there. And this is a church that had gone from several thousand down to 700. And so they had been watching staff members go a thousand cuts at a time. They're cut, they're cut, they're cut. And when I showed up, they know that I'm going to try and help the church get back on its feet, but I might be making some cuts too. So Mel was an extremely insecure young woman. I talked to the staff and uh, talked to them basically like I talked to you, and I think I was re reflecting love and kindness and reassured them of some things that I am a, am a kind man. Mel came up to me after the meeting, and she had this terrified look on her face. She had had some authority problems someplace along the line. Her father or a pastor or somebody had been mean to her. And so she brought that to me. And I don't remember exactly what she said, but I, I was standing there listening to her talk, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my. So I, I said to her, I said, Mel, you need to understand something. I'm a nice man. She says, I know about them, and she kept talking. I said, Mel, listen to me. I'm a nice man. I bet in the next three months I said that to her 20 times. Every time I talked to her, I had to say to her, Mel, Mel, look at me. Look at my eyes. I'm a nice man. And by the time I left, she wanted my picture. <laughs> it was too big to carry in her wallet, but she, she got a picture. Kindness does so much. Jesus was the master of kindness, wasn't he? You think about the little children that came to him and the disciples wanted to run him off. He's too busy. He said, no, no, I want you to be like them. He was kind. Blind Bartimaeus is yelling and screaming by the road. Everybody says, shut up, shut up, shut up. He's on his way to teach a big crowd. Jesus said, no, bring him here. Bring him here. Bring him, bring him to me. There's a funeral procession going out of town. A widow had lost her only son. Jesus stopped the procession, raised the little boy from the dead, and gave. says he gave her back her son. It's kindness. Over and over and over again, you see the kindness of Jesus in the Gospels. He was a kind man. I think I, I've said this to a number of people over the years. Don't misperceive kindness as weakness. In fact, if you think about it, it takes a lot more strength to be kind than it does to be hurtful. It's easy to be hurtful. All you've got to do is just let it go. You can be hurtful. It's easy to be abrasive. Just get a little bit careless, and you'll be abrasive. But to be kind, you have to make decisions. You have to make decisions that I've crucified my old nature. I've put that to death. Now I'm going to live in my new nature by the Spirit.
And if you keep in the spirit, then you can be kindness. It reflects strength. Take time to be kind. It's not nearly like it used to be, but it used to be when I was in college, if I would hold the door open for a woman, she'd give me a look like she wanted to spit in my face. I'd just be nice. My mama taught me to be nice. In fact, if you didn't hold the door open for a woman, you, weren't, you were going to get it. She wouldn't be nice. Open the door for people, man or, man or a woman. Open the door for them. Let them ahead of you in line. Let them sit down first. You know, in, 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 in airports, when you're waiting to, waiting to get in line, people are fighting to get in line. Usually I'll just step back and say, you know, we all get there at the same time. You might get off the plane, you know, a minute earlier than me, but not much. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. When you listen to political arguments and public discourse, the meanness that is happening in our society, don't respond to politics as a thermometer. You just, you just are what they are. Be a thermostat. Set the tone of conversations. There's a, a book or a statement that all of you remember, I'm sure, Random Acts of Kindness. That was actually started by someone in 1982, and it became a common phrase, acts of random kindness. And then that person wrote a book in, in 92 uh, called by the same name, and here's a quote from that book. Imagine what would happen if there were an outbreak of kindness in the world if everybody did one kind thing on a daily basis. God softens us so that we can soften others. We were drawn to God because of his kindness. He's easy to be around. And others are drawn to God because of our kindness. There's a, there's a movie. I don't ever recommend movies, but here's a, here's a movie you've got to watch if you haven't. Les Miserables. The one with Liam Nelson, Neeson in it. Oh, my gosh. If you've, if you've watched the movie, you remember this scene where Jean, who stole a loaf of bread because he was feeding his sister's children, and he didn't have the money to buy it, so he stole a loaf of bread to give his sister's children. He was thrown in prison for 19 years. He got out of prison, couldn't find work because of his past, and one day he stops by the house of a bishop. The bishop welcomed him into his house. John, the bishop, and his wife sit around and have a meal together. He provides, the bishop provides a place for him to sleep. And in the middle of the night, John gets out of bed, sneaks into another room, and fills a sack with silver plates that belong to the bishop. Obviously valuable. And he leaves. Well, a short while later, the police caught Jean, brought him back to the bishop's house, and said, he said, these, these belong to him, that you gave them to him. Is that right? He says, oh, yes. In fact, in fact, you forgot. You forgot the candlesticks. And he went and got the candlesticks of silver and gave them to Jean. And what the movie is about is that the kindness of that bishop transformed Jean's life. 
the kindness of God transformed his life and gave him hope for himself and for other people as well. Your kindness is an influence for Jesus. Be easy to be around. Be kind. Mother Teresa said, the three most important things in life are be kind, be kind, be kind. I love that fruit of the Spirit. Lord, this morning, I pray that there would be a sense of your kindness that would rest upon us today. And Lord, you know better than we know that sometimes it's hard to be kind. Sometimes when somebody is abrasive to us or is hurtful to us, we want to we show our strength and react in the same way. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be kind. We don't have to protect ourselves. You'll protect us. You'll, go, you'll work on our behalf.